0: Welcome along. It's our final hard-to-believe gardening programme for 2017. Pork, good morning Good morning, Georgia.
1: Good morning, listeners.
0: And just as we're about to bow out, uh, the weather picks up for it the is. weekend.
1: You're speaking my language. Bright, dry weather for the weekend. That's fantastic. And the temperature's still up around 14 degrees, so we're still seeing lots of growth. As we slip into nearly November. Yeah,
0: so you have a big list of jobs for us, I suspect, now this morning.
1: I I said, look, at the weekend, most people are off until Monday, or including Monday. So there's a couple of things to kind of focus on. And it was interesting, driving up this morning, the amount of people that have have mowed the grass this week. So we've obviously had a couple of opportunities over the week for people to get out and and tidy up the garden. And really, that's the message this weekend. Uh, Don't put your lawnmower away if you can get out there, give it its final trim because the grass has been growing and will continue to grow through the autumn and winter. And if you leave it long at this stage, it's going to be a mess coming back in, in March and April. So tr- try and get the more out over the weekend if you can. Take the grapple on the grass box, make sure you take the final cut off um, and throw that on the compost heap. And uh, do keep an eye on the moss because the moss, I know I've said it umpteen times, but I'm just putting that warning out again to people that it is very bad this year. Um, so do control it before we you, you finish the final mowing mm-hmm. so mow the grass give it a, a, a treatment of the zero and then give it a feed and that's the, the lawn pretty much put put to bed if you want if you want to add a little bit of spring colour to the lawns we had questions in over the last couple of weeks about adding things like crocuses and snowdrops and so on to the garden, then that you could do that this weekend as well. It's still great weather for planting spring bulbs in general. But certainly put the, put the lawn to bed over the weekend. Speaking about composting, I did mention it a couple of weeks back, but the leaves are falling now. Something to do with the kids over the weekend, over Halloween, maybe when they're off. Gather up all the, the fallen leaves, the grass clippings, and anything that's compostable. It's great to teach them. The, the art of recycling. They know this all themselves because they're they're learn, learning it at school Yeah, because there's,
0: there's quite a big focus a on huge that focus. From, from, from a primary yeah. school perspective. So but you're yeah. pushing
1: an open door, I think, with them if you get them involved in composting. And this is the time of year to, to put all that material together to create a really good compost. And you don't need anything fancy. I mean, literally a timber box will work. The main thing is to keep the heavy moisture, the rain. So a sheet of plastic or something over the top of a, a boxed area and literally put in as much Of a mixture as you can. So anything that will decompose from the kitchen, um, shredded papers, compost leaves, um, grass clippings, whatever, gather it all up now. Put in a little bit of grotto, which is that activator and accelerates the breakdown of of the, the various materials, and you'll have fantastic compost coming into the spring of next year, and the Kills will love that. Veg patch, that's really put to bed now. People should have at this stage or, or certainly be in the final stage is taking out the crops now. So things like potatoes should be dug over this weekend and stored. Don't put them into plastic bags. Try to put them into either paper bags or open crates. In plastic bags, they tend to sweat quite a lot. So old fertilizer bags, they're fine for maybe a week or so, but they do start to sweat in those. So put them into timber or into timber boxes crates or somewhere dark, cold, um, frost-free and store the potatoes for the winter. And in general, carrots can be harvested again over the next couple of weeks and parsnips certainly from the end of uh, or the middle of November onwards they can be harvesting. So kind of tidying up the garden. And a good idea at this time of year, if you are taking out the crop, is, is just to tidy up the, the ground and sow some green manure So things like the phacelia and red clover and some of the green manures that I speak of during the summer, this is a great time of year to sow them. They'll germinate over the next couple of weeks. They'll help to keep the ground clean for you for the winter period and you simply dig them back in in February in the end. So it grows
0: over the winter period of green manure, right? The green
1: manure germinates at very, very low temperature. So all you need to do is where you've taken the crop of potatoes or cabbage or whatever it may be, just tidy up that soil because if you leave it, you're going to have weeds and grass growing over the winter period. So if you sow a crop of green manure, simple seed, packet of seed, it's very cheap to buy, just sprinkle it, scatter it across the top of the surface of the soil, rake it in, it germinates within about a fortnight and it grows literally over the winter so it's about six or eight inches high as we come into the spring of next year into March and April and that's the period you dig it back into the soil and it's a great way of adding nutrition and organic matter back into the soil and it's particularly good for hungry crops like cabbage or uh, potatoes or whatever where you're going to grow those next year. So that's green manure. um, Very simple. And again, if you want to plant something into the veg garden, remember you can still put in things like the winter, the Japanese winter onion sets. Garlic can still be planted this time of year. Broad beans, I mentioned last week, we got a great reaction to that. The Sutton's broad beans, they can simply be sown in the soil and they will germinate themselves out of doors. And again, they're lovely, they're big beans. So again, it's great for the children to get involved in sowing the seeds of those. They get a real kick cover to them. Um so they're the climbing beans that are going to sprout again over the winter period continue to grow during the winter and you harvest them then in, in midsummer summer so quite a number of things you can do there certainly in the in the veg garden and tidying it up we mentioned the lawn roses I, I mentioned this last week that mm. if they're in flower leave them alone and let them continue to flower
0: yeah I saw actually a couple of lovely ones still blooming, uh, blooming yeah. yeah.
1: so if they're blooming then enjoy them and sit back and, and just deadhead them and, and treat them as normal if the roses have gone over the flowers are gone off your plants then it is a good time Time of year to trim them back now, tidy them back, clean out uh, w- the soil around them and put on some winter wash and that just puts them to bed for the winter. Um, hedges, we did mention this the last couple of weeks but again, if listeners want to give them a final trim to mm-hmm. tidy them up, this weekend would be an ideal time to do that. So laurels or beech or any of the common crystalline, they can all be trimmed back tight not too severe, take six, maybe eight inches off them but tidy them up at this time of year. It's a good time to do it. And in- indeed, hedgerows in general this Mm. is a good time to tie them up we're out of the nesting period so if you want to tidy up the hedges um, particularly thinking about winter driving so any hedges close to roadways Roadways, or boundaries Um, the final thing I have down is just in terms of weed control so the spraying is you know again dry weather we need for spraying in general so if you've got any spraying to do this is a great time of year weeds
0: if tomorrow you, might be a great day according to the tomorrow or
1: Monday yeah mm. um, so if you've got kind of weeds in the garden and you want to just tidy the garden up then putting on <laughs> something like the Weed Free 360 which does kill the weeds but doesn't contaminate the soil mm. or weeds on your paths and driveways again you could get a very good kill at this time of year and you just stop the problem being a problem next spring so a weed kind of controlled at this time of year um, won't be a problem next spring for you um, so so in general, that, that kind of tidying up really of the garden, deer is really what I'd be advising people to do. General pruning can be done as well. If you have plants to prune back or tidy up, things like fuchsias that might be going out of flower, yes. or hypericums. Once the plants have gone out of flower, then you could start to tidy them back. Our old favourite, the hydrangea, I see there's a question in on hydrangeas R2. again. <laughs> as always. Um, so le- we leave the hydrangeas, the uh, mop edge, the big rounded head mop head hydrangeas until springtime. So you leave them well enough alone. The paniculata varieties, the one that you have in your garden, the Annabelle, yep. that's treated in a different way. So that's a, a variety that flowers on current wood. So that can be pruned back, back. and tidied back really tightly if you want. So there are varieties like Bobo or Phantom or Annabelle. They're a slightly different variety of um, hydrangea. But the typical, the atypical one, the mop head, we leave it alone until springtime. Remember as well, we're coming into the week where just after Halloween, we celebrate All Souls Day. Of
0: course, yes.
1: And we always get lots of people asking about plants that that would be suited for planting up containers or graves or areas like that. So there are lots of plants that give very good autumn colour and winter colour. Things like small cyclamen, winter pansies, winter violas, uh, polyanthus. All of those are in flower winter heathers and they're very hardy out of doors, perfect for containers. So you can plant your containers up, again if you just want to add a bit of colour for Halloween or or over the, the next couple of weeks, then there's lots of plants that are coming into flower this okay. time of year. So the summer bedding is going out as we all know and giving up the ghost but there's lots of autumn flowering plants that are winter hardy will tolerate the the cold conditions, and um, they can be planted now.
0: And I know last week on the programme you touched, and I I, I, I apologise, I didn't get to see this now during the week, but you we were talking about taking the pumpkin and using it as a planter for to have a Halloween theme.
1: I did that, actually. Yeah. I, I was on... So uh, what
0: kind of plants did you put into it?
1: Ireland DM. And people can play this back if they want. I was actually on yesterday. Uh, they switched me from Wednesday to yesterday. So I was there yesterday. And, and I planted up two pumpkin, just simply scooped out the pumpkin, mm. carved the front of them, first of all, but didn't didn't actually carve right through. So just put a, a carving on the on the face of the pumpkin, take off the very top of the pumpkin, fill it with compost. So take out the seeds and everything, fill it with compost. And the plants I used were just for a bit of novelty. Yeah. I had to, are, are,
0: are they all oranges and browns and greens? Well, they, or, they, or, they, or even darker?
1: Well, no, no. No, I didn't go too dark with this. But I wanted to recreate. I mean, we created a face on the pumpkin. Yeah. So I wanted to Create, recreate a hair-like.
0: Oh, right, right. So yes. I
1: used actually uh, an orange-coloured heather. Excellent. Which looked brilliant. Yeah. It, it, it actually stood about maybe six or eight inches out of the top of the the uh, pumpkin. And to the front of that, I planted some violas, winter orange and various colour violas to the front. Now, the space is relatively small. I know. Yes. And in the second pumpkin, I used a, what did I put in? I put in some ornamental peppers which are showing fantastic colours and they come in shades of orange, red, yellows and they're very decorative this time of year. I use some cyclamen as well in that pumpkin and a few violas as well. So just using a pumpkin again. Something
0: fun. just I, I'm just thinking because sometimes you know people are decorating houses for uh, Halloween, which has become almost as big uh, as Christmas, a, a holiday yeah. season as as the Christmas time. So um, if and if people are off school, sure maybe, and it is falling kind of right in the middle of uh, Tuesday, the week isn't now, yeah, it, yeah. So it might be something great fun that people, for the kids, yeah, you know. So, so, so all you you get your
1: typical pumpkin and literally plant it up. And Mark Cagney was at, saying to me about the he brought in the point about the pumpkin feeding the plants. So as As the the pumpkin starts to decompose, now what I did say, it is going to decompose in four or five weeks' time, you can plant the pumpkin and all into the ground. Mm. And the pumpkin will actually feed those plants over the winter period. So you take the whole container and maybe at the end of November, plant it into the garden and let the plants grow. Um, So yeah, and we, we actually planted up a window box as well with some nice autumn winter colour and uh, again I was making the point about putting in bulbs at this time of year things like Dwarf Red Riding Hood and Pinocchio and crocuses into containers now so for colour in the springtime spring
0: Okay great so a good few ideas there in terms of And you can play
1: that back it's the on the Ireland AM uh, player just play it back Stuff.
0: We were just saying you've got a special Halloween event taking place for younger people.
1: Just after thinking of that. In our Turlock store this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, between one and five, we have a special Halloween weekend. Uh, particularly in the pet store because they've, the guys have actually recreated uh, the the wall of horrors, I think they're calling it. Okay. So a bit like the celebrity Get Me Out of Here where the kids where can put their hand in and guess what they're actually touching and feeling <laughs> and so on. No, no, the lads tell me there's nothing too, too, Ooh, too spooky, nasty in spooky. there. But they've lots of interesting um, creatures as well, millipedes and large... Um, large bugs as well okay. for a lot to see, of the uh, things
0: that uh, we have uh, are asked how do we, we do prevent them on the gardening program <laughs> yeah
1: probably yeah exactly but these are more pet uh, related and, and okay. obviously bigger uh, so if people are around between one and five this weekend drop in to, to Turlock Garden Centre uh, Saturday and Sunday and there's a whole host of different activities on best we have competitions for the best dressed boy the best dressed girl the best dressed pet <laughs> So get creative. So it's, a free, it's a free event, face painting, and um, and lots lots of activities happening in in our Turlock Centre. So it's a free weekend. Pop in if you're around Castlebar uh, into Hawkins in Turlock today, one to five, and uh, Sunday, one to five as well. Talk to Jason and the team and. There's lots going on. Lots I think all the staff on. are to be dressed up as well. Yes. I forgot my costume <laughs> this you, morning. Did you? I was to say, where is yours? <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, right, let's talk about uh, questions, Porg. On the email, first of all, this morning, uh, we have a photograph um, and we're told the plant is too big for the pot. Uh, so it's from Jerry. Doesn't know what to do with it. Also, a carpet rose in a pot, is it easy? Is, is It is way too big for the pot. So just wondering, is pruning enough or t- what do we do with it? Okay. So let's talk about the plant. That so too the plant, big, the yeah. Jerry
1: ascend in is New Zealand flax. It's an ornamental variety. It's got lovely red foliage and a great plant for a container because it actually lasted container for quite a number of years. Um, it it makes that kind of sword like foliage, very similar to a cordyline in in uh, in, in colour and in shape, shape and so on, but. Um, it it obviously has filled the pot completely. Now what Jerry can do is literally take the plant out of the pot, split it into a number of pieces. So it's a plant that you can split up like rhubarb. Literally take a sharp axe or a sharp spade to it, split it up into pieces, transplant most of the pieces out into the garden, and it'll grow quite happy generally speaking the formiums will grow to about a meter 1.2 meters high by maybe two meters in diameter so it makes a fine big clump of a plant it retains its color 12 months of the year so it's a great foliage shrub as well and you can mix it in with other uh, garden plants in shrub beds and borders and quite wind tolerant as well it's a great seaside plant actually that formium what Jerry can do with one of the pieces is to repot it back into the container so take one of the slices maybe break it up into into quarters yeah. and, and one of the quarters put it back into the container to grow back on again and maybe surround it with some autumn flowering plants like pansies or violas. So very simply, this is a great time to do that as well. So Jerry can simply take it out of the pot, split it up and transplant it or maybe give some of the pieces away to family or friends. Um, with the flower carpet, yeah. I would transplant that out of the pot into the garden So pick a spot in the garden where, remember the carpet rose generally is broader than it is tall, so it'll grow about a metre in diameter, about half a metre in height. So it's ideal on a bank or a slope. It's good for the front of a border to create ground cover. And it's a very easy rose to grow. It tends not to suffer from diseases, pests or or diseases. So it's quite a simple plant to grow. So take it out of the pot. Eventually plants in pots do outgrow. them. You know, after three, four or five years, they fill the pot completely and they start to regress so it is a good idea to lift them and transplant them. And this time of year, late October, November, is a super time too. To, to do put that. them into the garden. Yeah.
0: OK, we were talking about planting up um, pots and baskets a little bit there before the break. So a question in relation particularly to cyclamen, which I know yeah. you had mentioned, um, is... How do you plant cyclamen and keep it from dying? So Margaret obviously has a challenge with hers. They say it doesn't like too much water. And can you add it to a hanging basket?
1: The answer is yes, you can. You can add it to most containers. Now, there are two two varieties of cyclamen. You've got the outdoor varieties that are sold at this time of year um, for planting into containers, um, baskets, hanging baskets, window boxes, patio planters. They tend to be quite short short stemmed they're only maybe four or five inches in height and they come in a range of different colours and the key is to make sure that when you're watering them to keep the water off the flowers and the foliage so a cyclamen are grown from a corm or a bulb and if too much water gets onto that bulb it tends to rot so when you're watering it try and keep, lift the foliage and put the water onto the plant the indoor cyclamen must be kept indoors and the indoor cyclamen tends to be taller. The flowers are larger and the leaves are larger. And again, when you're watering indoor cyclamen, first of all, you keep them in a very cool... You try to mimic outdoor conditions. So you keep them in quite a cold or cool room, good, good light, and always wash them from the bottom. So sit them into a tray. So let them slightly dry out and then rewater. So never put cold water onto the flowers or foliage of cyclamen it just rots them away. Or overwatering can rot them as well. So slightly drying out between, between watering. So just let the leaves start to collapse just slightly and then put water on a simple tray and it'll take it up from the bottom. Okay. And you'll have it for years and years. Liquid feed them as well. They're in flower at this time of year, so they do benefit from a little bit of liquid feeding, like a tomato plant or, or tomato feed or baby bio or something like that will help to keep the flowers. And as the, the individual blooms start to go off, you just pluck them off. You just grab them and just give them a, a quite uh, a short tug and they'll come away from the plant. So deadhead them occasionally as well and that just keeps them flowering for months and months. The cooler the temperature is indoors, the longer the cyclamen will continue to flower for and the less water it uses. Okay,
0: so, right, so it likes... So a
1: bathroom, you know, a spare room, cold sitting room, conservatory is perfect, a patio, a door. Not
0: the kitchen, in other words, where mm, right? the, the he's kitchen for last door. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, so we have a couple of questions on the moss, which I know we uh, just touched on at the earlier part of the programme. So we've, I suppose... To, to club them together the moss questions on the hard surfaces and moss on the um, on grass and stuff like that um, so specifically about using zero on soil and paths between raised beds and the fact that somebody has a huge problem it's growing like mad we're told in the uh, driveway so the how driveway. do we tackle it Well you,
1: you'll see it at the moment on Rue's on driveways everywhere and yeah.
0: it's, uh, um,
1: yeah. so now is the time to treat it and, and again if tomorrow is going to be dry get out there and, and, and treat it and get rid of it so to use it for pa- hard surface areas we use the pack um, so you mix a 10 to 1 spray machine apply it on a dry day and your moss is dead within the week um, but now is really the time pack it should be only used on hard surface areas zero then is used on your lawn Um, or you can use the zero I mentioned that you could use it on trees as well if you've got algae or moss growing on the base of trees Mm -hmm. say silver birch or maples or whatever roses that have some you can use the zero quite safely on that so the zero generally for your lawn and for your plants area and the pack then for all hard surface areas and try and do it over this weekend eliminating it now saves a major problem next spring. I mean, You you remember the amount of calls we get in Mm. March and April and people have to go out and scarify the lawn and all of that. You don't have to do that if you use the zero at this time of year. You simply just put it on and let the moss die.
0: Now, can we sow a rose now and what kind can we buy at this time of year? It's
1: an excellent time for planting all plants. Now, soil conditions are quite wet at the moment, but if we get a, a, a couple of days of drying weather... Autumn is always the time for planting. And traditionally, years ago, it was the time for planting many plants, including roses. So it's a, an excellent time to plant. It depends on the, on where you want to plant the rose. If you want something quite short, go for the miniature roses. The patio roses or varieties like the flower carpet, mm. which come in a whole range of different colours. Slightly taller varieties, a great variety is one called trumpeter. We often feature it on the programme. It's a McGreedy rose, bred in Northern Ireland. Um, probably forty years ago now and it's still a fantastic rose. It still performs really well. One called Trumpeter. Varieties like Carissae. If you like scent, then go for scented roses. So varieties like Arthur Bell has a fantastic scent. and um, really, really nice variety. Um, so there's loads of different varieties of roses, climbing roses as well. But this is the time to plant them. My advice, pop into your local garden centre, they'll talk you through. Um it really depends. Is it scent that's important, is it mm. colour you want something tall something for cutting maybe hybrid tea roses are very good for cutting uh, floribunda as the name suggests means many flowers floribunda so if you want something that just for show and to give lots of color mm. then the floribunda varieties are excellent like Arthur Bell and and um Trumpeter they're both flower carpet are uh, uh, yeah floribunda varieties
0: yeah okay so so lots so of but a really good are... time
1: to plant and indeed you know anything from trees to shrubs to conifers autumn is a an excellent time for planting.
0: Yeah. Get them in, get them settled exactly. for the winter, and then they'll be ready for uh, 2018. Exactly. Right, leather jackets, uh, fairly active it seems at the moment. How do we treat them?
1: Well, leather jackets are the the, the larvae of, of the daddy long legs, the crane fly, and they lay the eggs in July, August, early September, that time of year. So they're hatching out now okay. over the winter period. And leather jackets typically damage lawns, um, or you often see them in tunnels green tunnels they'll feed and they tend to feed over the winter period so we often see the yellowing of lawns the yellowing of plants particularly in late winter early spring when the damage is done so if you want to treat them now you use something like uh, provando is quite good for controlling leather jackets so it's an insecticide that you can mix in water apply it to the area and that controls leather jackets
0: now, somebody's wondering if pumpkins are a fruit or a vegetable.
1: Yeah, always a, always a, a dilemma. What do you think?
0: So I, 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 I kind of would say uh, it's a fruit because my understanding of the difference between the fruit and the vegetable is that for fruit, its seeds are always on
1: the inside. Correct. So where does the strawberry stand?
0: Okay, so yes, I, I, and I know, I think we might have discussed this in the past, and for some reason I can't just quite recall what the answer is. I think it's still a fruit. It's still it's a fruit. Still a fruit. I Even would though the seeds on the, are outside.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, so plants like pumpkins, squashes, gourds, all the lovely fruits that we see now are true fruits because you're dead right, the seed is contained with inside. Plants like cucumbers. So the pumpkin is in the, in the cucumber family. They also contain their seed inside. Marrows, um, apples, pears, of course, um, avocados. They all have their, their seed in the centre of the plant and they're considered fruits. So the fruit is there really to decompose, to feed the seedlings as the seed germinates. That's the idea of the fruit. All the flesh creates that seed. So it's nutrition. kind of really protecting the it, seed. It protects the seed. And it also uh, protects it from birds or whatever, but it also feeds the plant. So as the the, the actual, uh, you know, the cotoneaster berry, which again is a fruit, once that drops to the soil, that's actually feeding the new seedling. It's, it's releasing all that. So as your pumpkin plant starts to decompose, it's adding nutrition back into the soil again. So hence the good idea to plant it up and use it, it as a container. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's it's a kind of, you're getting maximum um, advantage out, yeah. of, out of the whole thing. Okay, what can we mix through ivy, green ivy to brighten it up? I find it very dark and dull and would like to add some colour.
1: Well, it is. It's evergreen and, and very dark, particularly during the winter period. I saw a nice um ivy planted with Virginia creeper recently I think we chatted about that mm. a couple of weeks back so Virginia creeper is a good a good mix you can also use some flowering climbers like um there's a lovely white uh, flowering plant called um it's uh, it's in the the potato family uh, what is it por Glasnevin the um Oh, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway, so that's quite nice. Jasmine would be quite nice. Clematis varieties would be good. Honeysuckles would be quite uh, good as well. So there's quite a lot of flowering climbers because the ivy, the plants will use the ivy for support and they'll actually scramble up through the the ivy, clasp onto it and flower out through the actual ivy plant. So a mixture of Clematis, honeysuckles, even some of the roses could be used if it's well-established ivy. Virginia creeper is quite nice as well.
0: Okay, so lots of
1: options oh, really
0: there. Of options. What other plants will create a purple-coloured hedge rather than purple beech? Would you have any others you could recommend?
1: Well, Fortinia red robin is often used. You know the Fortinia mm-hmm. that there's the red foliage that makes quite a, a good tight hedge. Um, berberus are also good. So you have mer- various different varieties of berberus, some that are evergreen with green foliage, but other varieties with lovely purple foliage. Atropurpurea is, is a variety with dark purple leaves. Um, so again, it gives a fantastic color, easy to grow. Berbers are thorny, so they're great if you want to keep stock or uh, create a kind of an impenetrable hedge. Mm. A security hedge, for example, Berberus is excellent for because people won't push their way through it. Um, so that's quite a nice hedge, purple Berberus. Purple, purple Pittosporum. if you wanted a small hedge. So Pittosporum tom-thom has got nice purple foliage. It actually retains the leaf 12 months of the year and it does like to be trimmed, but it's suitable for hedges, say, up to two, maybe three feet in height. It's quite a short, uh, short hedging edge. plant. The berberis are better if you want something taller, so that purple foliage berberis would be ideal or for tiny red robin. Okay, will so we'll be good. Quite a
0: few options there. Yeah. Although, I have to say, on a personal level, it's hard to beat the Purple the be- Beach. Our ah, beach is beautiful. fantastic. Yeah. It
1: is. It is slow growing, and sometimes people dislike that. It takes a number of years for it to establish. But that's a good thing, in my book, because it's very, very little trimming. Low maintenance. It we li- is, we yeah. like low maintenance. And, and this is the time of year to put beach in. As we come into November now, people should be preparing the area by, by spraying it off, uh, getting rid of any grass or weeds, because November is the time to plant beach.
0: Now what veggies can we grow in a polytunnel at the moment Rose is wondering
1: Well any of the any Rose can plant any of the bulbs that I mentioned so the Japanese onion sets and the garlic can be planted now spinach plants are available for planting you can use um, the cabbage called pixie which is a small dwarf cabbage that makes, is ideal in glass houses and tunnels because it takes up very little space and grows through the winter period. You can also sow the seeds of things like the white Lisbon. There's a winter hardy variety of white Lisbon, which is the spring onion. So you sow it from seed now. It'll germinate, it'll grow during the autumn and winter period and ready for harvesting next spring, particularly in the in the tunnel area. Winter hardy lettuce varieties. So there's lots of... of All year round is quite a good one. Arctic King is another variety which are winter hardy lettuces. So pop into your local garden centre. They'll still have seeds for sale. Look for the winter hardy varieties. So White Lisbon is excellent. That Cabbage Pixie is excellent. Lettuce varieties will tolerate the cold weather. If you've got plenty of space, you could put in the red broccoli, Mm -hmm. the purple sprouting broccoli, you know, a couple of plants because it does take up quite a bit of space. Um, But any of those... And you can also use the tunnel to start spring cabbages so using it to get the seedlings germinated with a view to planting them out maybe in January or February of next year so the tunnel can also be used to raise plants so sweet peas for example can be sown in the tunnel at this time of year overwintered in the tunnel with a view to planting them out in the spring or any of the hardy annuals like calendulas, white allisum uh, blue lobelia and anthraniums they can be sown from seed now and they're winter hardy so they won't get damaged in the tunnel over the winter would a view to plant them out in the spring so you can use it not just for growing edible crops you can also use it for raising Wait. new plants it can also be used for strawberries so you could have strawberries plant up some strawberries leave them out for a couple of weeks to get chilled and then bring them into the tunnel to flush them early, so the tunnel is great for it really brings on the crops maybe six weeks earlier than planting them out of doors, or maybe eight weeks earlier than having them out of doors because it just keeps the the misery of winter off the awesome. plants, yeah. yeah, but certainly there 's lots and if if you 're not using the tunnel again, you could use the green manure, so you could literally just rake the soil, put in the green manure. Let that germinate over the winter and dig that back into the soil. So you're, again, helping to clean, keep the tunnel clean for the winter, but also adding nutrition that will be of great Same benefit interest. to yeah. plants. Because some people just don't bother. They'll leave the tunnel vacant for the winter. So a crop of in Europe put down, simply sow the phacelia seed across the top. They'll germinate within a week inside the tunnel. Okay. And you'll have a crop a foot high by February of next year and you can dig that back into the soil.
0: Okay, and then you've really nutritional soil there and it. It. it's
1: a great organic ma- way you know for particularly where we're growing edibles where you want to know that your tomatoes are grown as organically as possible or your peppers or whatever that's a great way of adding organic matter to the soil right. the plant I was trying to think the of the plant
0: is, yes I know I hate <laughs> when I draw black myself but it does
1: happen on the odd occasion uh, it does yeah <laughs> Solanum alba is the plant I was thinking of Solanum as, 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 Solanum. as
0: uh, for, for growing for in with cl- the ivy it
1: would be lovely alba is the white variety glass is actually the blue one Um. And really, super plant. It's still in flowering gardens at the moment, and through ivy, it would be absolutely lovely. And it's quite a vigorous climber. I mean, it would grow no problem eight, nine, ten feet in height. So that's Solanum, Solanum alba. Um, it's in the potato family and uh, really, really simple plant to grow. Glass Nevin was the variety that was actually found and bred in Dublin, in the in Botanic the Gardens garden. in Dublin, which is a lovely variety as well. But I think the white one, alba, would be nicer for the for the client um, to put through the ivy.
0: Okay, and from uh, what we can put through ivy to how to kill it particularly oh. if it's around <laughs> around palm trees. Paul well,
1: like. the way to the way to control ivy is um, I mean if it's growing up through large trees, like I said last week, you can literally cut it close to ground level. You know, cut about a foot of the stem of ivy and, and the top portion will die. The bottom portion needs to be treated because it reshoots again and the same for this listener where ivy is growing around the base of palms you can put a treatment called sbk which you simply mix up as a solution you paint it onto the leaves and that kills the ivy you may need to repeat it in the springtime if the ivy starts to re-emerge but sbk it's a brushwood killer it's very suitable for more persistent type uh, vegetative growth like like ivy or uh, briars or or more persistent weeds and that can be done at this time of year
0: OK, great. Now, uh, John's got a problem with box blight. How do we get rid of it?
1: Well, box blight, just to, to, to tell customers or to listeners what that is, box blight is the yellowing or, or particularly the orange pigment coming into boxwood. So they change from the lovely green to a kind of a, uh, an orangey, rusty nearly colour or yellowish colour. Um, so that's a, a disease that comes onto boxwood and you can treat it. So you use a treatment called top box um, simple to remember it's basically a fungicide and a feed you mix it up in a sprayer and you spray it onto the foliage at this time of year and it'll bring the plants back within probably a fortnight you'll see them coming back and that needs to be re-preached in, this, in the spring so if you've got boxwood in the garden and it's showing that yellowing or Or certainly that orange coloration in in the leaf. Treat it now with top box.
0: Great. Now, uh, Jane's got a problem with a cherry blossom tree after the wind. There's uh, some branches left hanging. Um, What's she going to do with it?
1: Well, I I always recommend any pruning of cherries be done after flowering because they do suffer from silver leaf. However, if the damage has been done, if the the branches are actually broken, then my advice is to cut them cleanly back to a, a bud. So follow the stem back. Um, from the point that it's been damaged right back to a healthy bud and cut it there. Now, you you could add the treatment uh, prune and seal, which is a little sealing compound that would seal the wound. Um, So just cut it cleanly, put on the prune and seal treatment, and that will protect the cherry from any disease getting into it. Great.
0: Um, Somebody's wondering if there's any point in sowing ordinary onion sets in the tunnel or should they leave it until
1: spring? Well, the, the, the onion sets that you buy in garden centres at this time of year are the Japanese onion sets. The common onion set is, is available in springtime. Um, Japanese onion se- sets, the reason they're planted this time of year is that they're totally winter hardy. So irrespective of how cold the winter we get, mm. they actually continue to grow. So if there's a foot of snow on top of them, they still continue to grow, they're that hardy. So they're partic- a particular variety of onion that tolerates the cool conditions of winter and grow during the the winter period so they're the ones I would advise you can also sow the seed of the varieties like white Lisbon the winter hardy white Lisbon which is more a scallion uh, salad onion Um, so they're the ones to plant don't bother planting any other sets
0: Okay. Um, now hydrangeas. Okay. Uh, well, we've talked a little bit really about, uh, I suppose, the the trimming back of the hydrangeas. But somebody's got a problem with a very large hydrangea. So it has grown very big. It's ten years old now. So how do we deal with it?
1: Well, there's two choices with with, the, with the very large plants. You can either. Uh, cut them back very very severely the entire plant back and that helps to get rid of a lot of old wood it helps to regenerate the hydrangea. The difficulty with that is that you don't get any flowers the following summer but it will come come back into growth it'll produce beautiful green leaves Mm -hmm. and on that growth it will flower the following summer so you skip a year of color so if you're prepared to do that it's a great way of regenerating a hydrangea plant that has got very woody and, and got out of control so that might be the best solution for this listener and that can be done anytime from february march of next year you can literally prune it severely back and remember that you won't have any color this summer, yep. but you will have colour the following summer. Alternatively, you can just selectively take out a third of the older wood, the really old wood, take a third of that out in March um, and over three years you regenerate the wood. But to be honest, if it's ten years old and it's gone out of shape I would forsake the flowers for one year by pruning okay. it back in the spring and um, give it a feed and it'll be perfectly fine. You get, you, you, you get fabulous new growth, new green stems and the plant is totally re- regenerated.
0: Now, I want to repot my indoor plants. So how do I go about this and what compost do I well, use? Well, you can get a
1: specific indoor potting compost, which tends to have a lot of uh, perlite or vermiculite through it for very good drainage. Now, you can also use multi-purpose compost and mix some perlite and vermiculite through that yourself to get a nice gritty mixture. Um, you can repot at this time of year. The the key thing when you're repotting is to remember that you're adding a lot of fresh soil around the base of the plants that the roots haven't penetrated into yet. So be careful in the watering. Just be keeping them on a a relatively semi-dry basis over the winter until such time as they actually root into the new compost. But certainly this is a good time of year. What I would do is take the plant out of the container, knock off as much old compost as possible. So kind of shake out the roots a little bit. Get your fresh compost. You may, for many indoor plants, you can repot them back into the same pot. If the roots are very extensive, then move them up a a size or two. But some plants you can actually put back into the... So all you're doing is really changing the compost. So it depends on the plant and it depends on how much root uh, growth it has at the moment. If they're quite vigorous, then give them a bigger pot.
0: Now, I I I feel sorry for Joe when I read this question first. Um, Joe said 450 birch trees last March. (laughs) (laughs) which to me seems like a lot Um, and they've all died so Joe's wondering is that maybe because it's near the sea or might the grass have been too long um, or would you be able to throw any light on that situation? It
1: could be uh, Joe obviously planted saplings uh, so a young birch you know you can buy them maybe a foot high or Mm. 18 inches high two feet high so they're quite young Um, where you're planting birch like that saplings my advice is always to clear the grass and the vegetation and that's what I was saying about the putting in beech. This is the time if you're planning to put beech or birch or any of the broadleaf trees in in November or any time over the winter, now is the time to eliminate the grass and weeds that are there. And you simply just come out a metre or two metres from the, the, the ditch, spray up along with Weed free 360. That kills off any vegetative grass that's going to compete with the plants in the springtime if it's there. So having a clean soil before planting is a very good idea so put on the weed free 360 that doesn't contaminate the soil so it leaves it very safe for planting then in november so i would say to joey yeah the grass will will smother them of course it will it'll strangle the plants and and birch have quite a soft leaf so they're not good in coastal areas they're fine in sheltered coastal areas but not where there's going to be an awful lot of wind you would be better with varieties like white white beam Sorbus aria lutescens, the white beam. Again, they can be purchased as young plants, so they're quite inexpensive, but they tolerate the soil conditions so much better than birch. Um, so I would go for those in particular. Blackthorn, whitethorn will also do well in coastal areas, um, but particularly the Sorbus aria uh, lutescens, that's an excellent tree for coastal yes. areas. Uh, but my advice really is to clean the area of all grass and weeds first of all before planting. Perfect.
0: Now, um I, somebody was wondering about any info on blackthorn and whitethorn bushes but we covered blackthorn and whitethorn I think we we we've we did. talked about them fairly extensively On the programme last week. So just to remind people, of course, the programme is actually podcast every week. So if you just go on to the Midwest Radio website or indeed you can access it through iTunes, uh, you will be able to listen back to all of the advice. All uh, of the programmes are all listed
1: there. I was actually looking at that during the week, all the iTunes. I mean, there's literally Mm. an iTunes. There's There's a couple of
0: years of them there. There is. There's a lot of
1: history there. So you can go back over. Um, and particularly at this time of year, we tend to get the same questions. So there's, you know, if you listen to one or two of the shows, you'll actually get quite a, a piece of information and things that you can be doing at this time of year, um, which you're yeah. right. Last week we covered we, we, the we white thorn, thorn yeah. and black thorn.
0: And, and we do give, uh, I suppose, a good, a reasonable amount of uh, information with the podcast as to what's in that particular program. So hopefully that'll give people a little bit of direction. So they're, if on they're
1: that missing well. me next week, they can if listen back. If they're missing <laughs>
0: you next week, uh, pork, they can listen back. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I just wondering what is the best flower to sow or flowers to sow to have at Christmas? My daughter's getting married and I'd love to have some flowers. Thanks very much.
1: Okay. Well, there's some great, great. I mean, many of the plants that we talked about today in terms of the, the the cyclamen and the polyanthus and the winter pansies, winter violas, they'll all be in flower. Winter heathers will be in full bloom right through Christmas. Uh, Heliborus, which is the Christmas rose. And there's a lovely variety called Christmas cheer, which is actually flowering at the moment, but yeah. will continue to flower right through Christmas.
0: And that's, uh, that's something I've been considering lately was the Heliborus. There's loads of different varieties loads of colours. Loads loads Yeah, loads. I've started a Pinterest page with And those I know also. you
1: love white and there's some beautiful yeah. white... Varieties pure white varieties. But I saw
0: some really nice pinky ones Oh yeah, they as come well. in,
1: in shades of pinks. They come in... That, that Christmas cheer, I have it in flowering in the garden at the moment and it is a shade of... It's a pinky white yeah. colour. Very small flowers, but loads of flowers. It's beautiful in... is a floristry plant for cutting and bring into the home. It's actually quite nice and it continues to flower through the winter period. So Heliborus, helleborus are the Christmas roses. They only grow about a foot, 18 inches in height. So they're perfect in pots and containers. You can plant them out of doors as well. They're totally frost hardy. And unless we get horrendous weather, they continue to flower all winter long. So unless we get snow, they will continue. Frost doesn't affect them. Rain doesn't affect them. And they continue to bloom all winter long. So, as I always say with weddings, it's it's a good generally it's a good good piece of advice to come in maybe 2 weeks or 3 weeks just before the wedding because you're not sh- 100% sure what the we- weather's going to be like coming up to Christmas. But many of the plants that I indeed showed mm. on Ireland AM yesterday are um that are available at this time of year continue to flower into the spring of next year. So they're flowering right through Christmas. So winter heathers the winter heliborus. There'll, there'll be a lot of actually spring bulbs available at Christmas time. So the scented hyacinths, for example, which would be beautiful scent, lovely in tubs and containers, lovely in a church environment. They'll be available as, as little plants around the first week of December, second week of December. We often have daffodils in flower that early as well that are fooled into thinking it's February and March in flower that time of year. So coming into December, pop into the garden centres because they're full of lots of colour Uh, coming up to Christmas and particularly for the wedding those hyacinths would be beautiful.
0: Now we've talked a little bit about climbers on the ivy but somebody has a situation where it's they're in a very concreted area so it's concrete gable wall and there's concrete kind of uh, on the ground so wondering about climbers and sewing them in a container.
1: Yeah not the best option. Um, Now what you could do is create maybe a a larger raised bed out of um, railway sleepers or maybe some bricks so that you're creating quite a deep box for the or container for the climbers you know putting them into half barrels or small containers is fine for a couple of years but after four or five years they start to deteriorate they've filled up the container and they've nowhere to go so you really need quite a large raised bed or box created specially for them or go to the trouble of taking the concrete out getting down to the actual soil it's there somewhere and that's ideally the if, if I had a preference, I would always plant in soil, even if I had to take away some of the concrete and dig out the hole to get down to the soil. That's mm-hmm. the ideal thing, because many climbing plants, Virginia creeper, ivies, they're there for years, up to 100 years, they can still be growing. Uh, so you're better off to try and get mm-hmm. them into the soil if possible.
0: OK, one or two to finish up, Porrick. Um How do you take care of orchids? I'm afraid to buy them because they're very delicate.
1: Are they delicate? Well, there are different varieties of orchid. If you want a really simple one to grow, there's a variety called cymbidium. The cymbidium orchid, which comes into flower for Christmas, so it'll be coming into flower very soon Mm -hmm. now. And they're very simple to grow. Generally speaking, people over care. They they overwash them and they overpot them and and they die for those reasons. So orchids are not that difficult and they like a bright, airy position watering maybe once a month during the winter period um, and repotting every two years into special orchid compost. But they're not actually that difficult to grow. Okay, so it's, they're so. well worth a try and the flowers last for so long on orchids they're a, they're a great indoor plant
0: so uh, Joe is good we oh no, actually one or two more yet um, sorry just checking the time Joe sorry for the late text wondering can I plant hedge on sprayed ground it was sprayed about a month ago Roundup was
1: used yes you can yeah. the thing about Roundup is again once it touches the soil it becomes neutralised and Joe has done the right thing spray the area clean it up first of all and then plant your hedge because like the previous Listener, grass and weeds only compete with the plants in the springtime, and it's, it's very difficult to do anything about it then when the grass and weeds are around the base of the hedging. So, always treat. And tomorrow would be an excellent, even though you might be planting till next spring, spray it this weekend if you can and get the ground ready.
0: Okay, and somebody's got lupin seeds in pots, more shrubs, and no flowers.
1: More shrubs? Yeah,
0: it must be growing foliage, but no flowers? Would that make sense? On
1: the lupins? yeah. Well, lupins, it depends when the listeners sow the seed. So if they sow the seed this summer, they won't flower till next spring. So lupins take a period to come into bloom. Um, So again, if they're in pots, I would plant them out of doors now because again, they're frost hardy. Put them in groups of threes or fives and they'll come into flower this coming um, May June sort of period. So um lupins just sowing them. Bit, it's
0: a bit early yet for to be Yeah, seen. if
1: you sow them say in January, February of this year, they wouldn't flower in their first year. It always takes them at least a year to eighteen months to come into bloom. So you sow in one year to flower the following year. Excellent. Um so plant them out of doors, keep a little bit of slug control on them because the slugs do relish lupins, but there'll be a picture next May mm. and June.
0: And on that note we will Deirdre. say <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Uh, well, no, just uh, au revoir for the moment. Yes. But thank you for all of the information and the advice on behalf of everybody over uh, the last. Uh, well, for the during the course of the year, we of course will have lots more to come in the new year. But for now, I suppose do put the tidying up tips uh, into practice over the weekend and
1: uh, get ready for for the springtime. Spring we'll time. be back in March again, to do it all over again.
0: Porik, thanks, indeed Thanks, Deirdre. Not at all. Good morning to you. Uh, that's my lot uh, for this morning. Uh, Michael Neary coming your way next, of course, with Country Classics. I'm not here next Saturday, a little bit of a week off, but we'll be back the following week. So until then, have yourselves a great weekend. Don't forget about the old clocks uh, later on, it's backwards they go. And uh, yeah, and enjoy the little bit of an extra hour in bed. For me, for the moment, good morning to you.